Welcome to Looking for Lincoln Stories, a podcast about the people, events, and places of Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These narratives of real-life events paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode is entitled, Springfield Soldiers Aid Society, Women on the Home Front During the Civil War. In this episode, you'll learn how women in Springfield, Illinois, organized during the Civil War to assist the boys in blue, providing food, clothing, bandages, and other necessities during the war. This episode is narrated by Joe Crane and Vanessa Ferguson. Most of the time, the soldiers of the Civil War never saw these prolific killers coming. The deadliest weapons of the Civil War were not bullets, bayonets, or cannonballs. The lethal forces that inflicted so much death on blue and gray alike were sneaky, opportunistic, and cruel. And unlike the muskets and sabers of the Civil War, these deadly weapons continued to kill people even when there were no battles raging. For every man killed in battle from 1861 to 1865, two were killed by bacteria and mosquito-borne parasites. Many of the diseases caused by those killers, including dysentery, diarrhea, typhoid, and malaria, were caused by overcrowded and unsanitary conditions in the field. Clearly, something had to be done. And ultimately, it was the women of the country who stepped up to meet the challenge. Shortly after the first shots of the Civil War were fired, women took the lead in the civilian collection of food, clothing, and medical supplies for soldiers. However, they soon encountered a major problem, how to get those supplies to the soldiers who needed them. In 1861, women in New York held a conference for doctors, clergymen, lawyers, and other interested parties to help coordinate relief efforts for the soldiers. This conference resulted in the formation of the United States Sanitary Commission on June 9, 1861. The Sanitary Commission was funded, organized, and run by civilians. As the name implied, the commission wasn't only interested in getting supplies to the soldiers, it also focused on battlefield sanitary conditions. The Sanitary Commission preached the virtues of clean water, good food, and fresh air to try and decrease the illness and death from battlefield diseases. The commission pressured the Army to improve sanitation, build large, well-ventilated hospitals, and encourage women to join the newly created nursing corps. It wasn't long before women across the Union took up the cause, and one of the earliest local soldiers' aids groups was formed in Springfield, Illinois. The Springfield Ladies' Soldiers' Aid Society was formed on August 28, 1861. About 100 Springfield women came together at a meeting arranged by local pastors in response to an anonymous 1861 appeal published in the Illinois State Journal. That appeal warned that cold weather was approaching and recommended that committees of ladies in every municipality be formed to procure sewing supplies and knit warm clothing for the sick soldiers. Membership dues in the Springfield Society were 25 cents, and it wasn't long before 160 women had joined the group, as the women themselves wrote in their first annual report. The opening of the war found women unskilled in business methods. They had never had occasion to keep books and balance accounts, but they possessed warm, sympathetic mother hearts. 
and they soon found a way to do substantial deeds and to keep financial accounts in a systematic manner. The Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society met at the local Baptist church until confectionery store owner W.W. Watson offered them space at his business on the Springfield Square. The women met during the day on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and they often met in the evening as well to make bandages and to scrape lint to create wound dressings. Members accepted donations of new or used items, whether store-bought or handmade. They also accepted monetary donations to purchase additional clothing, bedding, and medical supplies. In the first annual report of the Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society, organizers summed up the sentiment that moved so many women to volunteer. They feel that to sit with idly folded hands, to be engrossed by pleasure and frivolity, or selfishly absorbed in the daily domestic and social routine, while husbands, sons, and brothers are offering up their heart's blood upon freedom's altar, would prove them totally unworthy the enjoyment of the high and holy privileges secured at so terrible a cost. The first recipients of the Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society efforts were the ailing men who were among the 6,000 Union troops stationed at Springfield's Camp Butler. Soon those nearby soldiers were showered with needed items and supplies, including 500 cotton shirts, 522 pair of cotton drawers, 259 pair of woolen socks, 122 pair of cotton socks, 155 pair of slippers, 29 pair of mittens, 243 sheets, 255 feather pillows, 676 pillowcases, 213 linen handkerchiefs, 576 towels, 231 palm leaf fans, 2,492 bandages, 13 boxes adhesive plaster for making medical casts, 24 pounds of soap, 190 pounds of cornstarch, copious amounts of canned and preserved food, plus wine and stronger alcoholic beverages. Sensing that the Camp Butler soldiers had a lot of free time on their hands, the ladies also put a lot of reading material in their hands, as noted in the Society's annual report. We have distributed hundreds of books, magazines, tracts, newspapers, and quite a large number of testaments placed in our hands by the Springfield agent of the Sangamon County Bible Society. Books never fail to meet an eager welcome, and we are convinced that a vast amount of good might be accomplished could every Army hospital be supplied with the kind of reading best adapted at once to interest and instruct. The Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society soon expanded their efforts to meet the needs of Illinois soldiers being treated at hospitals in Cairo, Shawneetown and Mound City, Illinois, Paducah, Kentucky, Birds Point, Cape Girardeau and St. Louis, Missouri, Keokuk, Iowa, and the wounded soldiers being treated after the battles of Fort Donelson and Shiloh, Tennessee. The Society's donations also furnished clothing for nurses working in Union hospitals and helped to enlarge the Mississippi River Fleet's hospital boat to accommodate 50 more patients. 
After the February 1862 Battle of Fort Donelson, 10,000 prisoners of war were divided between Chicago's Camp Douglas and Springfield's Camp Butler. The Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society secured a U.S. government contract to furnish the prisoners' hospital at Camp Butler with needed supplies, which greatly increased the work and the demand upon the society's funds. Many times after a major delivery was made to a soldier's hospital, it nearly exhausted the Springfield Society's treasury. But there always seemed to be an outpouring of public donations just when they were needed to help the society continue its work. Then, as now, benefit events were held to support the society's efforts for the troops. A concert in late 1861 featuring all local talent raised $223.50 by virtue of a 50-cent admission charge. Later in the war, the Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society held an oyster supper to benefit newly released prisoners of war. But the biggest sources of income for the aid societies in the Union were what came to be known as sanitary fairs. These fundraising events featured speeches, entertainment, the sale of handmade items and baked goods, and auctions of donated items, with all proceeds going to benefit sick and wounded soldiers. The original copy of the Gettysburg Address that is now owned by the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum in Springfield was handwritten by President Lincoln himself to be auctioned at just such a sanitary fair in New York. The women in several communities around Springfield held their own fundraisers and turned the proceeds over to the larger Springfield group to assist in the overall effort. The Ladies' Loyal League of Mechanicsburg held a fair September 1, 1864, which netted $200. The 1864 Sanitary Fair in Loami was a great success, raising $1,100 for the cause. The Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society was repeatedly able to respond to specific requests for assistance when they rose. In May 1862, they asked for mosquito net donations from the public after the Army indicated the nets could be used to protect recuperating soldiers in malaria-ridden areas. Partly worn sheets, which could be turned into bandages, were sought and delivered after the bloody 1862 Battle of Corinth, Mississippi. The Society made clothing for the men wounded in the May 1863 attacks on Vicksburg, Mississippi. In December 1863, the Society began to provide aid to formerly enslaved African Americans and to war refugees from the South who had fled to the Union. Late in 1864, the Illinois Sanitary Commission decided to send a large amount of fruits and vegetables to General Sherman's advancing army. Sherman used the food to help feed the liberated prisoners of the notorious Andersonville Prisoner of War Camp in Georgia. The Springfield Society did its part by contributing many cases of fresh and preserved produce for the effort. Meanwhile, the Springfield Ladies Soldiers Aid Society kept up its commitment to Camp Butler. During the last week of July 1864, the women gave the camp's hospital 24 rocking chairs, a barrel of vegetables, 33 cans of tomatoes, a dozen fat hens for broth and stew, and many gallons of blackberry cordial to help improve the mood of the hospitalized men. At nearby Camp Yates in Springfield, the Society prepared and served a Thanksgiving holiday feast for more than 700 men who were hospitalized there. Like many major endeavors during the Civil War, there were allegations of fraud as people sought to make a personal gain from donations made by the various sanitary commissions. Most of the donations made it to the soldiers who needed them, and the ladies from Springfield were not about to let a few bad apples spoil their overall efforts. 
They made their thoughts about the matter known in their annual report. Assertions are constantly coming to us from various sources. As the fruits of their labor are invariably diverted from the intended destination by dishonest hands. We cannot deny that there are too many connected with our army heartless and base enough to commit this wrong. But even we confess our inability to see how the unfaithfulness of others can form any excuse for our own neglect of duty. The women of Springfield were early and enthusiastic participants in the nationwide effort to improve the situation of sick and wounded soldiers. Their dedication and contributions undoubtedly saved lives and started a trend of wartime volunteer service that continues to this day. There can be no doubt that the soldiers deeply appreciated their efforts. The Springfield Society's annual report says it all. The tear of gratitude, which has started to the eye of the sick soldier as the wisp of straw beneath his aching head has been replaced by the soft pillow. And the earnest thanks, which have greeted us for not forgetting those suffering far away from home and friends, have proved an ample compensation for all we have been able to accomplish, and far outweigh the many discouragements which have beset our path. Thank you for listening to this episode of Looking for Lincoln Stories, brought to you by Looking for Lincoln and the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode was written by David Blanchett, directed by Heather Fieser, and edited by Stephen Varble. Narration was provided by Joe Crane and Vanessa Ferguson. Looking for Lincoln Stories highlights people, events, and places from Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These real-life narratives paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. To learn more about the area, visit LookingForLincoln.org.